This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guests, we got Jonah and Elliot from the Heartland Group. How's it going, guys? Hey, what's up, Paul? Excited to be on. Yeah, appreciate you guys coming on. Um, so let's just go back. Um, I know we already work together, so we kind of know each other. Um, but like, tell me a little bit about both of your backgrounds and then how you guys kind of got started in like media and sports and marketing and all that. Cause you guys do everything. Yeah, I could start, um, you know, and, and it's good to do it this way because our lives are intertwined for better or worse. Um, Elliot and I, uh, I've been working together for quite some time. Um, I started in sports radio, actually coming out of college, um, I, in, in Kansas city, I worked at 610 sports. Uh, both on the mic, behind the mic, doing some producer work, and then uh, went to the Minnesota Timberwolves to start running digital there. This is before Twitter, so I'm going to age myself right now. And uh, and then after about three years in Minnesota, made the leap to Madison Square Garden and worked for the New York Knicks and ran the digital department, traveled with the team, you know, in front of the camera, behind the camera, kind of doing doing it all there, and, and it was a blast. Um, had a lot of fun, took a lot of years off my life, but... Uh, some great learning lessons there and, and some really good opportunities to, to learn digital and how to bring that to the fans. And obviously we're seeing all of that explode now. And while I was there, um, you know, looking for original content, trying to always think outside the box, discovered Elliot um, on Twitter, I believe, and we connected and then we started collaborating and we just had this sort of kind of magical experience where we could I, whatever was in my head as far as design and creation that there's no way I could even put pen to paper or on a even in a, the Adobe suite Elliot found a way to bring that to life and we we quickly sort of gelled in that way and created a ton of content for about three years and um, when I decided to kind of make the jump outside of Madison Square Garden to do something a little different um, I picked Elliot's brain. We had a discussion. He said, you got to come join me at this marketing agency I'm at. And uh, there it was sort of a startup within a bigger, larger experiential agency, which excited me and the opportunities. And again, for Elliot and I to work together and our boss at the time was Keith Steckler. And he is uh, our third partner at Heartlink Group now. So we, we formed a, a, you know, a trio there uh, with some really good chemistry. And we all brought different skill sets to the table. And um, you know, now we're at Heartland Group uh, with our own digital content agency, or we'll just take your your slogan and say we do it all. I like that <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, that's that's a little bit of sort of the trajectory. And Elliot, um, you know, you can fill in the holes with your experience. Sure. Yeah, I'm gonna put that. We're gonna put that big on the site. We do it all. Paul. <laughs> um, yeah. No. Uh, I, you know that story always. Uh, I love that story because I think, you know, I, I love to build relationships with clients and, and obviously for better or worse, uh, I've, I've built a good one with Jonah, um, I think some days. Um, but uh, so, yeah, you know, it, it's I've I've had a, a long road. I went to Pratt for uh, design and, and masters. And and from there, I kind of like bounced around. I was at like a really small agency. Um, I worked in as a designer in finance, which was, I wanted to shoot myself every day. Um, and, uh, and then I worked for a gaming industry, which was really fun. And, and that, and there's called Turtle Beach. We actually started working with, you know, EE teams and actual players. Like we did custom headsets for um, Des Bryant and uh, who else? Um, 
uh, oh, Dwight Howard and some other players and stuff like that. And that, that's kind of like where I started doing that stuff. Um, and then, you know, I was just passionate about the Knicks and, and that's where Jonah found me. But at the time I had started doing stuff with ESPN as well on the side. Um, and, you know, they were giving me projects where it's like, hey, it's four o'clock. Can you finish a illustration for us by, um, you know, end of the Eastern Conference playoff game, which probably ends like 7.30 or not, not 7.30. That starts at 7.30 or 8, you know. Um, so I would finish stuff in like six hours. And that's why they kept on coming back to me. Um, and, uh, and yeah, no, that was, you know, that really started a whole adventure where I had my own company as well as working for marketing. Um, you know, I went to a marketing streaming agency after that. Uh, after Turtle Beach, um, and uh, and then ended up at at a larger agency, MKTG, where I convinced uh, Jonah to come with me. I think like some of my claim to fame, and I think my story um, is interesting, including Renee. Is a lot of athletes have found me on social. Um, you know, uh, Renee being one of the most awesome experiences. You know, she found me through the Rock the Vote stuff uh, mm -hmm. that we did together. Um, but like. You know, one that story I probably tell too much is, you know, LeBron James found my artwork that I did for fan sided on this small blog. Uh, I still I still want to know how it happened, um, but he found it and he ended up using it to go zero to our 30 in 2017. And that was pretty awesome because I ended up working with the Cavs. I'm in a mural. Um, and then recently, Har uh, James Harden found my work uh, that I did with a Haitian artist. It was a collaboration. Uh, and they ended up making a, a, a basketball court in Haiti for it, which was awesome because it was like for a good cause. It was like for the community, um, you know, so that a lot of these kids can live their dream, like, uh, or, you know, train to, to become a basketball player, just like Harden. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been it's been cool to see that athletes have recognized what I've done and, and the energy I bring to my creativity. Um, so, you know, uh, that's why we also love working with you guys. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, that's why it's like the power of social media is like crazy. And I think still people underestimate it to this day. And it's like, I it's just weird to me that people still yep. like I, I work with athletes all the time. And I'm like, No, you got to be on all three of these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, now TikTok too. So like, I'm like, you got to yeah. be on it because you never know what happened. Like, something like I do it all the time. I'm sure you guys do it. And you post it, you post it all three or four places. And then you get one interaction that might be completely different than on one other platform. Mm -hmm. yeah and you never know right there's yeah. that's why i always tell elliot like the engagement sometimes you know is detrimental to the overall potential opportunity you know it isn't just something that you look at for less engagement all these things are nice but sometimes that can mess with people and it's not necessarily beneficial to what you're going to accomplish but there's always that chance that that person to find Elliot Gerard's work in New York while he's in Cleveland or LA or with the Miami Heat, it's most likely not going to happen. And this is what's kind of awesome about social media and the power of it. And we're still in the infancy stages of it. And I think that's why at times there's a lot of um, skepticism around the platforms and, and the power of it. But our company now, I mean, the reason why we've been able to succeed so fast is to be able to showcase the work on social media platforms and also strategically work um, the platforms to our advantage and, and places where we can reach people that would need that type of content. So um, I think it's it's an amazing, powerful tool. And I have learned so much. You know, I, I look at it and view it through the lens of 
of use, using it as a tool, especially Twitter. And I've learned so much from people. I've connected with people. I've been able to make friends and colleagues and, and partnerships like Elliot. Like this is a lifelong friendship and partnership that we have just because we met on Twitter. I mean, that is a crazy thing if you think about it. Yeah. So it really is powerful. And um, I, and I'm glad that Paul, you embrace it as well and, and continue to push you know athletes to, to use it because I think it's going to be less and less about like how the athlete is just like, hey, look at my cool highlights or, you know, going on and, and, you know, maybe having some commentary to, to his fan base and, and more about another way to potentially be lucrative and to get business and to bring some more money into their pockets and also brand themselves. They can own their own platforms now, which is, which is very exciting. And yeah, no, just sure. the, uh, sorry, I don't mean to jump in. Um, Paul, if you have a question, I can, uh, I, I can jump in afterwards. No, no, keep it going. Well, I just think, you know, you, you talk about how it's an infancy, uh, infancy and, um, you know, I think it's, it's actually going to an infinite place with, with metaverse coming in and NFTs and it's all starting to mix together and, um, you know, not the plug what we did, but our, our creating the first uh, female athlete NFT series was, was, uh, you know, our claim, uh, one of our claims to fame. Um, but like the idea of it, you don't even know where it's going to go. It's so interesting to see how this is connecting to so many different things. Um, and, and helping artists in so many different ways to make more money as well as athletes. Um, it just seems like it's gonna maybe I don't know if it's in its adolescent phase yet, but it seems like it's about to hit this new peak that that um, or, or maybe it's doing it every day, but uh, I don't know, it seems like something's gonna explode. It already is, but almost like the next chapter is about to start, I feel like. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I feel yeah, like even obviously like through corona, like it was like normal stuff like regular like i guess you'd say this web 2 stuff and now like everything's like changing again like right i feel like like currently and it's pretty interesting but it's do like it's dope too because like you said like like even probably for you elias being an artist just like more people are like appreciating art and i've seen like artists now that were like quote-unquote starving artists and now they're like millionaires because of nfts and it's like insane <laughs> it's like insane like i don't even like at first i couldn't wrap my head around. i remember we had the conversation last year and we didn't really know what we were doing but we knew it was dope and uh and now it's like now it's like kind of i wouldn't say mainstream but it's getting there it's like i think the stat is still like i think four four percent of americans own nfts right now so super wow, early stuff. yeah 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 that's actually surprising i i didn't think it would be that high and also it's, it's ever evolving. That's, that's what I love about it, right? Like every day is, is something different in the space, you know, with TV, radio, newspapers, probably expanded it as much as it possibly could be. Um, and there's this new medium, these new mediums in which you can create content and connect with fans. Um, the way I look at NFTs is a little bit different than I think some, some people may view them as, as far as like, Hey, I put my, a uh, piece of content um, or artwork or whatever it is, and it's sold on an auction. I think there's a utility to it. Um, I think that is going to be the next step in really connecting fans to experiences that they wouldn't get anywhere else. And also, hey, we've been doing this for years in marketing, right? Like the first 1,500 fans that step in an arena get a poster. It's the same thing. So now you get a digital collectible that you can showcase to your friends, your family, and then also sell it. So I just think once we get past the stage of skepticism, which always occurs, it happened with the, with the internet, right? It happened with email. It happened with social media. Yeah. So it's like, once we get past that and everybody's, you know, 
says their 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 opinion on it and we move past uh you know the skepticism era we'll get to the point where i think people will start to see it as a utility and that's when it's going to get really interesting yeah i think that's what people aren't seeing yet it's almost like the same stuff we already been doing it's just in a different form yeah yeah it's, it's hard though right like i yeah. i was just having the conversation with my parents the other day about you know i'm the last generation that had the internet and didn't have the internet yeah yeah you know experiencing both of those like you know elliot's kids only know the internet that's the only thing they know they don't know a, a pre-world that existed without it so we're in this weird shift that um i think is going to take a little bit uh but then the younger kids are going to be the ones making the decisions and they're going to come up with the internet and they're going to come up with nfts and they're going to come up with web 3.0 and metaverse or whatever happens next so that's really what's going to define the next level of creation in my opinion i think in a weird way like nfts are like taking the the social taking social media and making it tangible even though it's not tangible it is tangible if that makes sense because yeah. like you're saying instead of getting a poster you're getting an nft and yeah. and you can place it and you can share it and it's yours and your avatar can be you know customized to a certain shape so that you know that it's an nft so i just feel like there's like it's becoming a physical form and then obviously you talk about the metaverse and then it becomes like a 3d physical form yeah. so everything's you know and, and then like just being able to you know have 3d printers so that you could take a digital piece and make it a, a tangible piece itself so it's it's all kind of melding together in some weird i don't know almost like a, a um jackson pollock painting where everything's splattering on the wall but um. <laughs> yeah like i like physical things but now like when i think about it i'm like okay like now i don't have to physically like obviously memorabilia is dope and stuff but like if i have ticket stubs like in my wallet it's like that's even dover because you could just like show everybody like or share it like just like what you were just saying it's a keepsake right yeah. like it's funny my grandpa collected stamps did yeah. did his dad <laughs> laugh at him and be like you idiot why did you i'm sure he probably did but you know what i mean like people collected beanie babies yeah. you know and pongs and, and all these kinds of weird things right those they're, they're it means listen i always i thought about this today it, you know it's i'm a very much on the market always dick dictates the value of anything right if there's a market value for it then somebody's willing to pay a price for it and that's what it's worth and i think there is things that mean something to certain people in a certain moment i've been to sporting events that really wouldn't mean anything to anybody else but me and my friends that were at it because it was special in, in that way and to have a shared experience of an NFT or a collectible that we all could have and in, in sort of part of your memories and everything going digital, I think there's a lot there to it. And then if you can unlock, you know, the experience you could have with an athlete, you know, like if you could, uh, if you got one of those NFTs that Renee was selling and then that unlocked, you know, a chance to, to go to an Atlanta Hawks game and, and join her on a broadcast or shadow her for a day or whatever it is, you know, like that that could be super meaningful to a person. Then it takes it to a whole nother level of, of memories, right. That you can generate. So um, I think we're getting there. I think, and also the barrier for entry, right. in crypto has made it difficult for some people to wrap their heads around. And, yeah. and now that you can buy with dollars and it's, it's less of a, a barrier to entry. I think there are going to be more people who are, are adopting to it and getting into it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I know, all right, so you guys work with a whole bunch of different companies and people and athletes and everything and celebrities um, over the past couple of years. 
and I know you won a lot of different awards, but like what, what have been your guys' like kind of like top projects that you worked on and then what, like what kind of projects are you guys um, working on now? Well, this one behind me, you know, rock the vote. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm also very passionate about politics and about voting rights. So, you know, th the fact that so many athletes, including Renee, um, just just like we're so involved and so excited to be a part of this. You know, we rock the vote came to me and they were like, hey, can you do like 10 to 15? And I'm like, what if we did 50? What if we did 50? <laughs> we had like a mural and we put it up on Turner because Turner was involved. Um, and it exploded to 400. Yeah. You know, I mean, let me, can I, Elliot, can I jump in real quick? Let me just explain what it is because I don't think everybody listening here knows what the hell you're talking about. Well, it's behind. So, but yeah. I know, but let's pretend everybody listening on a podcast, which we're on. Um, so Rock the Vote came to Elliot with an idea that basically they wanted a large campaign to get celebrities, mainly athletes, involved in promoting and in encouraging people to ex exercise their right to vote, right? Get out and vote. We know that in the last election, it was record numbers, and we believe this was a large part of it. So Elliot was originally scoped to only, you know, how many was it? Ten Design how many? Then I pushed 10 to 15 and then he and they pushed in ended up doing 400 custom graphics um that really showcased the story of each athlete celebrity through icons it's very visually appealing and then all these celebrities athletes influencers posted the graphic with the call to action to go out exercise your vote to write well the and design so also was, there were 400 the design also made. was a big check mark on their face like across right. their faces. And what it was saying was like, I'm a voter. I'm also all these other things. It, it talked about their their careers. It talked about what their passions were. It talked about the causes they did, like Elena Del Don and um, uh, all the causes that she's a part of. Uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on, on what they are, but um, but yeah, so, so I really wanted to capture them as a person and say like, we're all people and we're all voters and we all matter. Um, and, and I think that a lot of people understood that in that, in the Hooper space, but then it actually expanded into, um, uh, kick off the vote, which was a weekend before voting started. And it was for NFL. I mean, we literally worked with almost every players association on this. We worked with the WMBPA, the NBPA, the NFLPA, the retired national basketball players association, um, all because people just got so excited. And, you know, obviously it was during a, a election year and everything. We ended up working with the Biden campaign separately, which maybe, uh, you know, maybe that's a little biased, uh, but, you know, because voting is supposed to be for everyone, but um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was just from a personal standpoint, from winning 14 awards, from the connections we made, um, you know, we've, we've worked with almost all that we've worked with athletes. We've worked with these players associations since, um, and, uh, you know, really put us on the map, uh, it was one of our first projects when we launched Heartland and Heartland means heart and talent. And I put my whole heart because I believe in this into this project and it showed. And I think that that's why we've part of the reason we've done so well in this year is because it showed the passion we have and how we'll take a 15, a scope of 15 and make them 400 and then add on AR filters and build a brand, you know, cause we built brands for both Hooper's vote and kick off the vote. And there were like logos and all that <laughs> starting from 15 illustrations. So, um, you know, that's, uh, I think that's my favorite. How about you, Ellie? I mean, how about yeah. you, Jonah? 
Yeah, yeah no, I, I mean, that one obviously was, was a big one and, and meant a lot to the company. Right now we're working on, we're actually, actually about to wrap it up, uh, our campaign with the NFLPA. And again, a lot of these projects that we'll be talking about today have a very similar feel in the sense that there is a component of it of either community activation or donations or, or money going to a foundation or celebrating athletes that do more. And I've always thought with my time working with the Timberwolves and the Knicks and you get a different perspective and Paul, you would know this very well too. When you are in day-to-day conversations with athletes or working with them, you, you understand these are human beings. And I don't know if a lot of fans have that feeling towards them. And listen, because of fandom, you know, sports are exploding. Everybody's making a lot of money. I understand that, but I, and they just think because a player X makes a certain amount of money that you can treat them or that they can't make mistakes and recover or, or they go through the same trials and tribulations that we all do as people. And they're doing it at a very young age and it's very difficult. So I gained a ton of perspective working for the teams when I started traveling and getting to know the players on a different level, seeing their lives, seeing the injuries that they have to go through and the, the toll that the sport takes on their bodies. And yes, there's a lot of money there and that's why they get paid. But that segues into, you know, this project with the NFLPA and they have a community MVP award that goes out every week that celebrates one of these players and what they do in their communities. And again, it's not exhaustive. So there's players doing, and they do do this on the NFLPA channels where they celebrate a lot of the community work, but it's really important because I think you get a sense of how much these players do do in their communities and how important they are to that community as a spokesman, as somebody who has money, has influence. So for us, we, we pitched the NFL PA um, to do a campaign with them. And uh, the, the, the idea behind it was that every player is a superhero. We were going to create sort of a, a toy box that you would really think this is an actual Marvel toy that was in the box. And we did the packaging around it. And it looks very realistic. We nailed the likeness of the players and the NFLPA loved it. It gave it a cohesive, comprehensive look throughout the season. And we got some surprises uh, coming out in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to show you where this idea came from. (laughs) Yeah, those are are dope. I've been seeing them. Wait, did you guys do it last year too? Or was it just this year? No, we didn't. So this... Yeah, this was the first year and we really, we really wanted to do something special. Yeah. And Ellie's showing a package now of, of uh, Captain America and the box right on each side. So the, the cover has like the, the athlete and then on the, the sides of the box actually has sort of the details and information about what they did in the community. And it was really challenging, right, Elliot, like to find the superhero that matched kind of what they were doing and dropping. And, and by the way, a peek behind the curtain we had to turn this thing around within like 48 hours. Yeah. So it, it was a, it was a lot of work. It was tremendously rewarding to see the reaction from the NFL PA, see the reactions of the players, the five finalists for the Allen page award uh, got announced and the winner is going to be announced soon. I believe on February 9th. And uh, we have a surprise for that winner coming. So stay tuned to a uh, heartland group on our social channels. And we can't say on this podcast. Oh, I'm so well, there's, there's going to be a, there's going to be a cool thing for, for the winner. And, and, you know, again, this goes back to our whole philosophy of, yes, we want to create cool shit at the end of the day. That's our objective, but it's always a bonus when you can celebrate what athletes are doing in the community. And it kind of goes back to my original statement. So yeah, this has been one of the, the fun ones and working with an organization like the NFL, uh, NFL PA and the NFL has been, has been pretty awesome. Well, can I just uh, expand upon with that? So, so the, 
what happened was they wanted like a comic book look and we were like that's great but that's been done a million times and i i came back and i was talking to joan about it and i'm like when i was at turtle beach we made these superhero headsets and we told the story behind the the, the you know character um or the movie that it was part of and also the headset itself um so i was like well, what if we tell their story with this side thing and it's like that's what Jonah and I are so good at. We always want to find a visual way to tell the story, you know, these as well. Um, if you look at an image and it's, and it doesn't tell a story to me, then you've, you lost, you lost me. You, you gotta find a narrative with, with the images. Um, what we did for the podcast, you know, we always yeah. wanted to tell some kind of story or her NFTs. Um, yeah. We're telling her story of her career with, with visuals. Yeah, um, no, for sure. And that's what we aim to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys could say, because I'm not going to be released until after February 9th if you want to. Yeah, oh. it's going to be a physical a physical right, figure. That's what I thought. And, that's what I figured. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's not a huge surprise. Before that, before that, we're making a 3D store where it, you go into the store, you see the aisles with all the toys, and then you go down, and then there's a there's a um, you know a shelf that's hidden, and then the shelf's going to go up, and it's going to release the... Um, the, the toy but you have to see this toy store it we got a 3d artist to do it and it like it looks like a picture of a real store it is that's insane dope. this guy yeah, is amazing He's, and yeah. we have to say too and, and again it's not just because uh, we're on your podcast but the the work we did with renee and you um you know oh, we did yeah. an illustration and animation every week for the episode getting to highlight some of the amazing guests that you guys have on the podcast and uh that was amazing too because again the exposure, we talk about social media, you guys tagged us, you celebrated us on social and we had a really great working relationship and to, to showcase what you can do with a podcast and the content that comes out of it has always been something that we've been passionate about too. So the work we did with you guys is, is always something that we, we share with others and celebrate yeah. it as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for building sure. relationships with, with clients and, and, you know, you and Renee have been awesome and, you know, so supportive of us. Uh, uh, that's that's really important to me like you know somehow i dragged this guy along <laughs> with me yeah. and he used to be my client um but the other thing that i loved about working with her is the, like all the stuff that she's for social you know whether it's social justice or women's sports or women's you know just helping women you know be more active in the community and stuff like that we love that we're all about that we're really proud of what we've done for the premier hockey federation which is awesome yep. because they're the first women's league not to have a w in it we're working with the commissioner there ty she's awesome um we're able to brand the all-star game this year we're going to do the championship um uh, game as well it's really cool uh to have people play on your artwork yeah. Uh, you know, like actually, you know, make, make, uh, make marks on your artwork with their, with their skates. Um, yeah. so I'm sure that yeah. was a bucket list for you to check off right there. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. A bucket list. But yeah. I just, I love being a part of the revolution for, you know, or evolution, whatever you want to call it for, for women's sports. I yeah. think it's, it's awesome to see that the WNBA is, I mean, it's still so young. I mean, it's still only 25, what, 25 years now. Yeah. Um, and how it's becoming, you know, on the level with, with these big boy sports, you know, for, for the men. And, and, and I think it's leading the way for these premier hockey federations and stuff like that to say, Hey, we're as exciting to watch. We're, you know, we're as passionate, if not more passionate about our sports. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really cool working with you guys, uh, especially with her as she's so passionate about everything that she does. 
Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I know I don't. I wish I kind of seen your guys behind the scenes because we didn't even know who we were getting. Like, guess why we were just doing this all like independently, getting the guests, like reaching yeah, yeah. out. Like I was just like re I was like I was kind of surprised like these people were just saying yes and like I felt like it just kept on getting like crazier and crazier like each week of who we were getting on um so that was that was that that was just crazy and then yeah going to the the PHF yeah it's it's cool to see that you guys were working with them too because uh, I actually worked with um, Anya Babalino now Anya Packer and Madison Packer I work with Madison her wife now um, because I, I worked with uh, Anya when she was a player like five years ago. And now I'm working with her wife. Which she's like one of the one of the best players in the league, uh, five time All Star. Like the only, I think she's the only five time All Star. Um, so yeah, it's dope to see the evolution of that whole time. league. Yeah. That's yeah. So now cool. they're getting the money, which is which yeah, that's is, it, yeah. You know, long time coming, and you see the the investments that that were just made in the WNBA. Um, it's just a start now. But what we're hearing from brands and other partners surrounding this is that there is a movement to um, showcase the, the female sports, not only showcase, but um, fuel them with the money that they need, right? Like to get on par with where the men are. And the ratings are proving that that is sustain, A, sustainable, and B, fin financially beneficial to the, the partners. So there can't be yeah. this, well, you know, the, the women's sports don't get the ratings. Well, we, we've seen it with uh, the Final Four and the women's tournament. And we've, we're seeing it now with like what PHF is doing and, and making some headway there. So uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. And I know some people, um, you know, feel like, hey, this, this should have happened a long time ago. And I totally yeah. agree. But to see now at least a full push with it and, and our ability hopefully to play a small role in the creative process has been, has been pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. That's why, I, I mean, it's, I don't know if you guys seen it as well. Like uh, when I post like women's stuff, like it gets more engagement than the men's stuff on my socials. I don't know if you, if you guys seen it, but like, or more interactions too, just with their fans and supporters. PHF for sure. Yeah. yeah I, I following their engagement since we started working with them, I'm like, wow, this audience is really into it. They're really connected. And I think in some ways that's a better relationship than maybe we're seeing with some of the other big time sports, male generated sports with the NFL and the NBA. It's it, the disconnect is large. Um, you know, when I worked with the Timberwolves, it was, it, it was small time in the sense that they didn't have obviously the fan base that, that the Knicks do, but some of the things that they were able to do to connect with the community on a daily basis and the players were more accessible. It's, it's honestly sometimes a better fan experience. Yeah. And I think a lot of these sports are finding that um, they can connect better with their audience and their fans. And, and, and I think that's going to be proven over time that it, it could be financially more lucrative for them. And also uh, from uh, social content creation and connection, you can really, really get fans involved in a way that, that the big leagues just can't do it. NFTs started slow with women's sports, but then it's starting to explode, you know? So I think it's all connecting. Um, yeah. And that the two, you know, revolutions or evolutions are, are going on at the same time. And again, I think that we're ready for a real explosion um, or, or probably already going through it, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And I want to go back to something because I didn't even know. Maybe it's, it might be embarrassing since I did work with you guys. I didn't even know the Heartland group that what you said, it was heart and talent. So could you explain more how you guys came up with that name? Yeah, well, we went through two. So we rebranded we ourselves within two weeks. Um, Keith came up with that name. 
Uh, I will give him that credit. That's the most creative thing he's done for us. Um, <laughs> wow. I hope he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> He's, he's more operations, but no, he's a very creative guy too, as well. And I will give him like, that was awesome. Like he, and I, I'm not even, can I say the name that I had? <laughs> nah. um, <laughs> and I started doing the logos for that. And then, uh, and uh, you know, it, it just didn't feel right. And so when he came up with, Hey, we should do Heartland. Um, at first it was healing, which I didn't. And I was, and I will say, I said, we got to put the whole heart in it. Um, so uh, you know, and, and it, the logo is just an H and a T across, but it became this like X where it's crossing across and it get, has this energy. And I made the colors red and orange, obviously for heart and talent, but also I want it to be a Phoenix. So it's actually our, our, our mascot, which uh, maybe one day I'll actually draw or whatever is, uh, is an actual Phoenix. Cause it's like rising up, rising up from COVID. You know, we came from a marketing agency that made a lot of cuts during COVID. And we, we wanted to ha build a different, kind of we're not an agency we're a group we're a collective mm -hmm. because you know when you have this, this sense of agency i think that there's a lot of baggage that comes with it and a lot of expectations that you have to be a certain way and and we don't want to be that way we want to be someone that, that people really like to work with that we're not pushing stuff in your face we're trying to work with you collaborate with you work with the best people that bring on people that that make the most sense for the project whether it's working with a diverse artist or working with an artist that's a specific skill you know stop motion or 3d animation or whatever or when we worked with renee on, on the nfts we wanted to have people represented from all over the world all, you know all different backgrounds um different sexes ethnicities you know everything um so so yeah you know we're always trying to find what the what the best uh, solution for the project is and I don't think you get that with big agencies. Um, yeah. I think it's more it's like the bottom dollar. How do we figure this out to make the most money? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, what about like, what advice would you two give to like a young creator coming up? I mean, you know, it's social media. Social media is, is, is still very important um, and keep posting. Even if you get two likes on a post, I, I kill myself when, when, if I don't get much engagement, but it, it but it's, it, it, you hurt yourself. Uh, if, if you, if you do that, just keep on, keep on keeping on, keep on making art, keep on posting it, keep on getting it out there. Um, someone will see it, The best work does tend to rise to the top. Um, I would say take advantage of the tools. Um, it's pretty incredible how many tools are available a for free or at a fairly low cost. And you can build a studio in your apartment for not that much money. And you can create pretty high quality type of content. Um, and I think that, you know, find out what it is that you would either what you want to say or what you want to be or what you want to create and lean into it. Um, don't try to do too much in the beginning, you know, but every day continue it. You know, we talked about the podcast. I know we talked about a little bit earlier before we jumped on and started recording, but it's one of these things like, a lot of people drop off. I think I forgot what the statistic is, right? But most people don't make it past like 10 episodes or even yeah. maybe less than that, right? There's, there's a pretty substantial number. And it's to me, it's one of those things like just keep doing it. You're going to evolve with the content. It's not going to be perfect the first time. Nobody is. It never is, right? But if you try to wait it out and say, no, I'm going to wait till this is perfect before I go public. I don't want to get made fun of. I don't want to, you know, I'm worried about what people are going to say. It'll never happen. It will just never happen. And you're going to lose time and time is going to pass you by. And so I would say for creators out there, start putting out there, start, 
you know, try, try different things, try different platforms, what works best for you. You know, the worst thing you can do is feel like there's some sort of negativity coming your way. And then, and then you just stop and give up. If you continue to go, you'll get better. Um, you know, I taught myself video editing. I was not good in the beginning, but I've continued over and over and over and over again. And you, you get to a point where things start to click in a different way. And then you start finding solutions of how to do things and different ways to tell stories. So we're an amazing golden age of creators and I'm blown away by some of these kids. And I can say kids cause I'm old now that are doing awesome, awesome work. And if you're out there and you're like, I want to start my biggest piece of advice would be just go and don't look back. Yeah. Keep going. I, I got to jump in a minute, but, but I just want to reiterate on top of him. I think it says a lot of, about our uh, relationship that, and, and it says a lot about you, Paul, because you've, you've kicked our ass, but um, we're going to hit our 50th uh, episode on We Need to Be Doing That, which is a plug if people want to come to it. <laughs> Paul will be on We Need to Be Doing That soon enough. Um, and, uh, you know, most people do three episodes. We got to uh, 50. Paul, you're at 500 or whatever. You're <laughs> at this um, but, you know, it, it just shows the testament. And, you know, same thing with Renee. Like, we got through a whole season and now she yeah. got picked up, you know, like yeah. you never know, like with podcasters too, keep going, go to 50 episodes and see if you get picked up by someone. Cause you might just, it's, it's not just the, it's not just the work. It's the worth ethic that you put behind it. And it's the consistency. Keep at it. All right, Jonah. So how did you guys end up starting your podcast? I know you guys have, I think, uh, Elliot just said almost 50 episodes. Yeah. Yeah. We're at 50 episodes. It's actually a really funny story. Uh, Keith, Elliot and myself went to a Nets game together. And uh, this one, we were at the marketing agency and we, there's ideas. Everybody's like, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. I'm like, guys, we do we have time? Do we have the resources? Like I'm going to be editing it. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of work to do it. You know, the artwork, the promotion of it, everything that goes into it. And um, at the time we started to, to think about the idea and of a podcast and what the name would be. Elliot always says like, I would, I send him often like, Hey, look at this piece of content. Look at this cool, like video that this guy did or this artwork and his reply all the time. And this is a text thread with Keith Elliott, myself is we need to be doing that. Yeah. So it's never like, Hey, like, let's talk about that. How that, it's just like, we need to be doing that. Everything is we need to be doing that. So we started joking around like that. That is the funny sort of way of approaching all this content. Cause it's like never ending and we just got to do everything. So um, that we said, listen, it's a long name. I don't necessarily agree. It's, the, it's, it's something that you should do to have that kind of long name for a podcast title, but it just made so much sense. And then, you know, for us to bring on people in either the marketing world, athletes, content creators, um, you know, people in business of all walks of life, it's been really cool. And it's sort of under that umbrella of like, we like to listen to people and successful people and, and say to ourselves, well, we need to be doing that too. So that's how it all started. And um, yeah, now we're 50 episodes deep and, and just the most, and I, I'm sure you, you feel the same way. There's something about a podcast you bring on strangers and at the end of 30, 40 minutes after it, you almost feel like you're friends with them. Yeah. And there's a connection that's been made and, and since I've been doing content, you know, when I was at, at the Timberwolves and Knicks, I've always enjoyed interviewing people. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. And one of the things I kind of missed uh, being away from the team, but uh, it, it's really been awesome to have these conversations on podcasts. And, you know, I think for people out there, if you're marketers or digital creators, we bring on a lot of smarter people than us 
to talk about these things. So, you know, we need to be doing that.com. There's a lot of great conversations there. So feel free to dive in and get some, some free tips and information. Yeah, no, that's exactly how I feel too. Just like interviewing somebody and then just like, you kind of, I actually like interviewing people that I don't know because, well, most of the time, sometimes, I mean, I've definitely had some bad ones, I guess, but, um, <laughs> some, some interesting experiences, but, um, but yeah, like that's why it's like cool to, um, just connect with people in general. And that's like the reason why I started one was just because I liked listening to them. And I was like, I know all these people, like why not interview them and tell their stories and same thing. Like I like interviewing like all different types of people, not just like athletes. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a, just a cool thing to do. And no, I love, I love your guys' name, even though it is long, but I think it's, it's funny. Cause I feel like a lot of people <laughs> could, could resonate with that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's something that is, you know, it's like with anything and, it's funny, a, a weird way about like everybody's kind of chiming in about the commanders, the Washington commanders. And I don't, <laughs> I don't really necessarily like the name, but I think it, it will become a name. People will then say like, oh yeah, the commanders, that's it. just like Washington football team was like, oh, I don't know about that. That's weird. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, I kind of like the Washington football team. So um, it was that way with, we need to be doing that. It wasn't necessarily something that I was like, oh, I don't know if it's catchy enough for a podcast, but it certainly explains sort of the dynamic between the three of us. So, so it's been cool so far. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on and uh, could you let the listeners know where you could fo follow you guys at and find you. So you can find us at uh, um, Heartland at Heartland. Um, so that's, uh, uh, you know, Heart and then L-E-N-T. Um, or you can find me at, at Elliot Gerard um, on Twitter and Instagram. Same with uh, Heartland. Um, so that's E-L-L-I-O-T-G-E-R-A-R-D. I'm sure you'll put it in the notes. Um, and, uh, you know, heartland.com, um, or we need to be doing that.com, um, is where you can find us on our podcast. Yes. And you can follow me at Jonah Ballow, J O N A H B A L L O W. And it's heartlink group. That is where you oh. can find us on Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, H E A R T L E N T group. And, uh, don't listen to Elliot. Let me uh, guide you to the places to find us. Heartlint.com. And uh, Paul, thanks again so much, man. This has Thank been a blast. Thank you so much, Paul. This was a blast. There you go. Boom.